in John 18, Jesus is standing on trial before Pilate on the morning of his crucifixion. He stood before Pilate twice on the morning before he was crucified, and, and he and Pilate talked about a couple of different things, several different things each time. Um, Pilate asked him if he's a king, and he says, yes, but my kingdom is not as of this world, otherwise my servants would fight for me in this world, and that's not what he wanted. They talked about truth, and Pilate famously said, well, what is truth? And Pilate's wife sends him a message about her dream. And, and in the middle of that story, John 18, the morning of Jesus' crucifixion, Jesus says this to Pilate, The reason I was born and the reason I have come into the world is that I should bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The reason I was born. You hear Christmas right there on crucifixion day. You see it? The reason I was born. The reason I came into the world is that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, angel is speaking to Joseph after Joseph finds out Mary is pregnant and he knows it's not his child. While he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son... And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Savior. So if we translated that, the angel says, you will name him Savior because he's coming to save. Jesus told Pilate, the reason I was born is to testify of the truth. The angel tells Joseph, the reason he's coming is to save his people from their sins. Those are the same thing. This is Jesus' purpose. It's his mission statement. It is the reason that he came. So here we are in December and we're coming into this Christmas holiday and all the busyness and the trappings and the distractions and the sentimentality of it all. And this morning I just want to read you 15 scriptures where Jesus said, this is why I came. All the trappings and activities and parties and fun are all wonderful I love this time of year. But we can't lose track of Jesus saying, on the day of his crucifixion, this is why I came. This is why I was born. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you knew why you were born? A whole bunch of you really, really want to know that. Very few of you actually know. Jesus knew. Rock solid. I know why I'm here. And there are so many verses I had to pare my list down to 15 so that I didn't overwhelm you, where Jesus said, this is why I'm here. This is what I came to do. This is what I came to accomplish. This is why I am in the flesh. So I just want to go through these verses where Jesus says, this is my purpose. This is my mission statement. This is why I'm here. And as we read each one, I'm going to lead you in engaging Jesus yourself. I don't want you to just listen to me. I want you to engage Jesus. So let's go to John 3.17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There's Jesus' purpose, his assignment from his Father. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So I don't want you to just hear that verse this morning. I want you to engage Jesus with it. So here's, as I read each of these verses... Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, you can close your eyes or keep them open, whatever you need to do, but I want you to engage that 
spiritual imagination that I talked to you about a couple months ago for a couple Sundays. I want you to imagine yourself talking to Jesus, and we're going to engage this scripture. Jesus, Jesus came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, but I don't want you to repeat anything you don't believe. If you don't believe it, you can just sit there and not believe it. But if you believe it, I want you to, to talk to Jesus about it and thank him for it. So, Jesus, I believe that you came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Thank you, Jesus, that you do not condemn me, but you want to save me. Holy Spirit, work the salvation of Jesus Christ in me. Luke 19.10, Jesus speaking, he said this about himself, he said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. There it is. There's his mission statement. That's his purpose. This is why I was born in the manger. I came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus, I believe that you came to seek me out and to save me. Because without you, I'm lost. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for saving me. Please don't just repeat after me. Engage Jesus. Imagine he's standing right in front of you and you're talking to him. And you're thanking him for what he said he came to do. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18. For this reason, there it is again. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. There it is again. This is why Jesus came. This is the reason. He had to be made like us in every way, in his physical body and in his emotional soul and his mind. He is fully human so that... He would be merciful and faithful high priest and make atonement for our sin and he would understand what it's like to be tempted. He did not sin, but he helps us when we are. Jesus, I believe that you are my merciful and faithful priest, that you made atonement for my sin. You know what it feels like to be me. Thank you for caring. Thank you that you are always available to help me when I am tempted. Might want to be a little happier about that. Come on, you're talking to the King of Kings and he's right there with you. John 8, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. This is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. There it is again. Jesus says why He's come. This is why I came. I came not to do my will, but to do my Father's. And here's the will of the Father, that He gives me you, and I don't lose you, and I raise you up at the last day. Jesus, I believe that you will never lose me. And that you will raise me from the dead on the last day. Thank you for the supreme security that I have in your hand. 
that you will never lose me. You will raise me from the dead to everlasting life. Holy Spirit, help me to see the Son and believe in Him that I may have everlasting life. Amen. And again, I don't mean for you to say this if you don't mean it, but if you mean it, it's pretty good stuff. It's pretty amazing promises that he made us. This is Jesus telling us why he was born in a manger. Why do we adore him? Why did the angels come and sing? Why did the shepherds get so excited? This is it right here. Next one in Mark chapter 2, Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yeehaw! I hear Jesus saying this with quite a little bit of sass because the uh, Pharisees, in this context of when he makes this statement, the Pharisees are accusing him of hanging out with drunks and prostitutes, trying to equate him with them. Because the Pharisees, their name, the, the word Pharisee means the separated ones. They thought they were being holy by not associating with sinners and evil people and those that are disobeying God. And Jesus said, I didn't come to call the those who are healthy, I came to help those who are sick. The doctor doesn't stay in a pristine environment where everybody's healthy. The doctor goes where there's sick people. That's the statement Jesus makes immediately before this. And then he says, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The reason I hear him saying this with quite a little bit of sarcasm is he knows that the Pharisees are sinners. There's none righteous. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God Every one of us has sinned. He knows the Pharisees are sinners, but he's just playing along with their game. Okay, fine. If you don't think you need me, I didn't come for you. That's quite a sting. I came for sinners. I am very, very glad Jesus came for sinners. Jesus, I believe that you came for sinners to call us to repentance. And I confess that I am a sinner. And that I need to repent. And I say yes to you, Jesus. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for not leaving me alone in my own sinful life. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to call sinners. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus says to his disciples, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. There's again, this is why I'm here. I'm here to preach in the next town. Aren't you glad Jesus knows where the Grand Ronde Valley is? I'm really glad that he wants to preach in the next town. Like he, he, he hasn't forgotten where La Grande and Union and Elgin are. You might miss Imbler if you blink, but Jesus knows it's there. I'm going to the next town and the next town. And he doesn't forget about Somerville or Sammyville or Hillgard or Starkey or Keating. He knows where we're at. And he's coming to the next town to preach the gospel. Oh, that one's, I mean, that's so simple. And you can skip right over that verse. But he said, this is why I came, is to preach in the next town. He never gets tired of walking into the next town and saving people. And preaching the gospel. And what does he preach? Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
Rock on, Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are anointed of God to preach the gospel to the poor. I believe that you heal my broken heart. I believe that you set me free. I believe that I once was blind, but now I see. Thank you, Jesus, for declaring God's acceptance. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for sharing the good news in my town. The bottom of our heart, Lord, we ask you to come to the Grand, come to the Grand Ron Valley, all of Northeast Oregon, Lord. Pour out your spirit here and bring salvation and freedom and revival. Restore families, restore hearts, restore bodies, Lord. Visit us in the fear of the Lord and grant repentance from sin and purification, Lord, and all of the good things that you died to pay for at the cross. Come to our town, Jesus. <laughs> we know you're here all the time, but we need you to move. We need you to visit us, Lord the revival. John chapter 12, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. There it is again. Here's why I came. I came as light. You all live in darkness. I came as light to show you the way, to show you where truth is, to show you where heaven is, to show you who God is. I am the light. You know, we, we don't actually see anything but light. It's the light reflected off all this stuff in the room coming into our eyes. You can't actually see anything but light. Jesus says, I am light. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Jesus not only because I see him, but because by him I see everything else. We only see Jesus or we don't. We've never seen anything else. Jesus said, that's the reason I came, is to shine a light in your eyes <laughs> so that you can see. Jesus, I believe that you are the light of the world. Open my eyes to see you. Thank you for showing me the way. 1 John 5.20, we know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. There it is again. Why did Jesus come? He came to give us understanding of who the true God is. Jesus, I believe that you are the true God Come on, you're talking to the King of Kings for real. Come on, engage with Jesus. I believe you came to give me understanding. Thank you for opening my mind. Thank you for opening my heart that I would know God. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. There it is again. This is Jesus's purpose, it's his mission, but it's even his very identity, it's his name, is that he's Savior. He came to save us. And he came to give us, not just save us from something, but to give us something. He said, I came to give you abundant life. Jesus, I believe that you have abundant life for me. I receive it. Thank you for coming to give me abundant life. 1 John 3.8, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3.8 says, this is why Jesus came, is to destroy the works of the devil. Come on. This is why Jesus came, is to destroy the work of the devil. We would think that the devil's, actually the devil's name is Destroyer, one of his names. 
We would think that the devil destroys stuff and Jesus rebuilds it. And that's biblical too, but this verse says Jesus came to destroy the destruction. A few of y'all get it? A few of you need to get really a lot more excited about that. Jesus came to destroy your bad memories. Jesus came to destroy your bad feelings. He came to destroy the past abuse, not to erase it or wash it over or to fix a broken dish. He came to destroy Satan's destruction in your life, to obliterate it. It is a violent word. We'd like, well, the devil broke it and Jesus comes and fixes it back up. No, he came to destroy the destruction. He came to erase the tapes that play in your mind. Those memories and those words that just loop over and over and over. He came to destroy it. The bad deeds that were done to you, the things that you did, the things that you did to other people, the things that other people did to you, all of it, Jesus came to destroy the lies. That's really, really exciting. And it's not just part of his package of benefits. It is like, this is why I exist. I came for this reason to destroy destruction in your life. To not just have you limp through life, never really getting over what happened when you were 6 or 26. No, I came to destroy that. It's gone. And you're a new creation in Christ. Jesus, I believe that you have the power to destroy the works of the devil in my life. Thank you for destroying the chains. Thank you for destroying the memories. Thank you for destroying the trauma. Jesus, I ask you to destroy the lids, destroy the bonds, destroy the lies. Hebrews 2 14 and 15, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he, be, could he set free all those who lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. This is why he came. This is why he put on flesh and blood. This is why he was born as a baby in a manger. He came, he came to, be, to destroy the power of the devil who had the power of death so that we don't have to be afraid of dying. Jesus, I believe that you took on flesh and blood, that you were fully God and fully human, that you were divinity and humanity at once. Thank you for dying for me to break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And I am no longer a slave of fear. Thank you for setting me free. I'm not afraid to give up my life. And I'm not afraid to die. Because I know you. And you know me. John 9, 39, Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Here he is again playing the Pharisee's game. Jesus knows none of them can see. But because they claim to see, Jesus said, because you claim to see, you're blind. If you would admit that you can't see God, you can't know the truth, I will open your eyes and show you God and the truth. I will reveal this to you. So if this doesn't yet make sense to you, this book, 
This doesn't make sense. Ask Jesus to open your eyes. And in a moment, it will become so alive to you. Not a history book, not dead religion, not a list of rules. It is, it is the word of God. For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and those who claim to, I'll put in parentheses, see, may be made blind. Jesus, I believe that you can open the eyes of the blind. Thank you for opening my eyes. Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I would see Jesus. Matthew 10, 35, Jesus said, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The first service didn't amen that one either. Here it is again. Jesus said, this is why I came. This is my mission statement. This is my purpose. This is not Jesus taking credit for the division in your family that is caused by sin and arguments and unforgiveness and suspicion and disagreement and all that. That's not what Jesus means here. The whole world suffers that. Jesus here is saying, if you're going to follow me, some people, sometimes even the very closest people to you, aren't going to like it. And your mother-in-law will not approve. You will know it's me, and you're going to obey, and dad might be really upset. That's happened with a lot of people, even people in this room. I mean, it's a very common story that somebody meets Jesus whether they grew up not a Christian or they grew up in some religious church, they meet the real Jesus, they get really born again, filled with the Spirit. God calls them to a mission field or calls them to do this or that or go this place and that, and, and family doesn't like it and puts up a lot of resistance. This is what Jesus means. I came to divide the sheep from the goats. I came to call you and there will be some people that don't like it. And when that happens, it's me. That's why I came. Eventually, they'll come around. I know that story a lot, too. A lot of that story. You just stay faithful, and you don't be sassy, and you just love, and you serve, and you prove to your family and your friends, this is real. This isn't just me being on an emotional kick, and I'm, I'm in my religious phase. No, I'm actually a different person for the rest of my life. And you can know Jesus, too. Last one, Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man, this is Jesus talking about himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. I didn't come to be served, but to serve, and I came to give my life for you, all of you. Jesus, I believe that you came to serve me. Listen to what you just said. You just prayed that the God of the universe came to serve you. That is the most arrogant thing you've ever said, or it's true. There's nothing in between. There's absolutely nothing in between there. Is that either that's grotesque selfishness that God serves me and takes care of me, or it's totally true and he actually really wants to. Which one is it? Jesus said right here, I came not to be served, I came to serve you. Jesus, I believe that you care. I believe that you serve. I believe that you are humble. I believe that your life was a ransom for mine. And I want to be just like you.
I want to be just like you. I want to be just like you. Jesus, I confess that I cannot be a good pastor. I cannot be a good husband. I cannot be a good father. I can't even be a decent human being without you. You said without you, we can do nothing, and it's totally true, Lord. Without you, we are lost in darkness, and we're trapped in our sin, and we don't know which way is up morally. Lord, we'd have no compass, no light to see in the darkness. We have no frame of reference without you. And we have no, even when we understand it, we have no power to make it so without you, our Holy Spirit. Thank you for your blood that washes us clean. Thank you for your word that teaches us. Thank you for your miraculous power that opens our eyes to the light of the world. Thank you that you came to destroy the work of the devil in our lives. To not just give us a, a, a new day to start over with a new hope, but you came to totally reverse the past. Jesus, we believe these things that you said were your purpose and your mission and your very identity. We believe your word. And we see that not only did you just not, you didn't just say it, Lord, but you thoroughly accomplished it all. You're successful in every one of these missions and purposes, Lord. You triumphed over the grave. You totally overcame the devil and all of his death and power and destruction. And you made yourself the servant of all and the teacher of all and the savior of all. Lord Jesus, we bless your holy name. Thank you for reminding us again why you put on flesh and blood. Why did you enter the womb of a woman? Why did you lay in the straw in a manger? Why were the angels so happy? Why did the Magi travel a thousand miles by foot to come and fall at your feet as a little toddler? Why did you say as a 12-year-old boy, I, I, I would be about my father's business? Because you had a mission. You had a purpose. You had an identity. You had a task to fulfill, and you fulfilled every one of them for us, for your father. And you are perfect. And you deserve all the glory and all the thanks and all our love. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord.